Hello everyone, this is Revis Wortham and I'm here for Authors on the Air. I have the honor today of not interviewing but visiting with a, a friend of mine, an outstanding author who also has his own uh, video blog, uh, if that's what you call it, uh, Jeff. I, I'm not sure about the terminology. I'm, I'm more of a writer, not a tech guy, but uh, glad to have you on, Jeff Crawford. Thanks so much, Revis. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. It's always a, a, a real treat just to sit and talk with you. Well, I appreciate that. Jeff, uh, Jeff, as I said, Jeff does uh, radio interviews we're gonna, or, or video interviews. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, he, he is an author of some note. Jeff, you have over 20 novels to date. Is that right? That's right. I uh, just re released the 22nd uh, about a week ago. And right. uh, so that's that's brand spanking new. And uh, uh, that's a 20 was a milestone. And now we're working on number 30, you know, you know that, to get there. Isn't that funny? The first one is so hard to get to, to get published. I mean, we work we work for years on 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 finishing a manuscript. And then you get that first one published and, you know, celebrations, champagne, everybody's having a great time. But then you really have to realize this is a business that we're in. You, it's a creative business. We're in the entertainment business, but we have to come up with something else because one novel is not going to do it. Uh, and that's what you've had to do. It, it, but you, let, let's back up a little bit more. I, I want to go back to uh, to baby Jeff a little bit. You uh, you weren't born an author. You you were born in, uh, I believe, North Carolina or the uh -huh. Carolina. Okay. And then you went to Florida and right. you did something so many people would like to do. You and I, we, we messed with livestock a little bit. Uh, you were cow you cowboyed for a while. I did. I was a professional cowboy for uh, a few years. Uh, started that in high school and um, actually worked it out to where I only had to go to school about an hour and a half while I was a senior. And then the rest of the time I could work. So I horse farmed and then, uh, Two days after I graduated, I, I took over uh, as herdsman of a cattle ranch and I started I started cowboying for a living and um, and I never quite got it out of my system. We uh, we cowboyed in Florida and then moved back to North Carolina and uh, me and daddy raised cows and raised purebred charlays. And I did that for 30 years after we moved here. So. I, I can't even remember a time when I didn't want to be a cowboy or got to be one. You know, I thought about you just this weekend. We took all the grandkids. We took five grandkids to to the Paris Rodeo in Paris, Texas, the other day. Mm. And man, I tell you what, those little rodeos are fun. You get to see the kids out there do the mutton busting and the calf oh, scramble, yeah. and that, that's the stuff I grew up with. I, I grew up halfway on a farm. Uh, my granddad's place helped them out, so I understand it gets in your blood, doesn't it? Even though you want to shoot them, sometimes. You oh yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it's one of those jobs that you've got to want to do because mm. it's not fun. You know, it's uh, the pay's bad and the conditions are horrible, but <laughs> there is, uh, you know, there was, there was something to be said for all of my friends after we graduated school. Uh, they were putting on their blue Oxford button down shirts and their khakis and going to work in the mall or in an office. And I was putting on my resist all straw hat and my spurs. Mm -hmm. And there was a, there was that, there was a big difference between me and them. And, um, I always, I, I always thought that was special. But that got down into your system and probably, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lead you, but it, did that lead you to the gun hand series? Did that get you started writing Westerns? It, it, it made it a lot easier once I got into it. Mm -hmm. 
that's not what I wanted to do originally when I started writing. Uh, I wanted to write mainly post-Civil War and high drama stuff, but I got asked to do uh, a horror book for a publishing company, see if I could do that. So I did, and the only way I knew how to set it and be comfortable was to do it as a Western. And I am extremely comfortable in writing Westerns because I hate Westerns with cliches that everybody's grown used to. Yeah. You know, my, I, I did this for a living and I never knew anybody's pappy. <laughs> we never had a back 40. We never rustled up grub when it was time to eat. So I knew how to write a Western properly. So then it was just a matter of how to do a heart. So putting the two together became very natural to me. You know, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I despise all that yeehaw stuff that we, <laughs> that we see, and, you know, and, and I write, I write uh, two series, I've got contracts on two more come up. The Red River series that you and I've discussed before is set in rural Northeast Texas. And so, you know, you draw from your roots is what you've done. When, when I read your, your gun hand stories, I, I'm not reading Hollywood. I'm reading a guy that's actually uh, stomped through metal muffins out there. We'll, we'll put it away yeah. <laughs> for, for the radio or for the TV or whatever. We, we've, uh, we've had to scrape our boots off before. And, and once you do that, then you know what, what's real and what's, what's Hollywood. And that's what shows up in your work. Well, thank you. That's, that's the goal. Well, and, and that is the goal. Now you, I know we're going to talk about, um, about the man in, in the man from the man in White Bull, uh, but I also want to talk, and and, and I'm, I'm kind of leaning back toward the Gun Hand series just for a moment because they're they're a, a, a different kind. It's not your granddaddy's westerns. It's in Louis L'Amour. No, 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 no. These are if you're looking for edgy, if you're looking for dark, and you want to you want something that's going to make you think all the way through it. Um, you're, you're, you're not reading about something that happens to a guy. You're going to go through it with him. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's that detailed and you become that emotionally invested in, in all of it. You feel what he feels. You, you smell the mold on the walls. Uh, you, you feel the blood running down your arm when it's running down his, it's, it's that intense. And, um, I didn't know that I had done it that way. Uh, that when they asked, when Raventail Publishing, who picked me up last year, asked for a horror story, I, I wrote that one and just hoped. I sent it to him. I said, I hope you like this. And uh, I was supposed to hear back from him in three to six weeks. And six days later, I got an email said, when would you have time to meet with us? And I took that as a good sign. And they did away with all the formalities at the beginning of it, the, Hey, how are you? And where are you from stuff? And it was, we don't want this book. We want three more just like it. And my dream was to get a book deal. And I was really shocked to get a three book deal three minutes into the conversation. So um, that's, that's how it led to that. And it ended up being six books on that one. And, and that's a, that's something that that all writers strive for. Well, we have that one book in us. We want to get one out. But then once you get another one out, it, it's kind of like eating peanuts or popcorn. You, know? <laughs> you want another one and yeah. another one. 
and, and, and it's fun to do that. And, and one of the things that you just mentioned about, uh, about feeling, and when you write your novels, you, there, there's something in this business called show, don't tell. And you show, can you, can you explain this just to, to, to the audience just a little bit about how to show something instead of telling it? Uh, maybe, maybe my favorite example of that is, uh, in a book I did called tears for a gunslinger, the, the first Gabriel ransom series book, a man rode into a town and it wasn't much of a town. It was an older place and it was, it was in Texas. And the description was the buildings were gray because they couldn't afford paint. And the clothes were gray because nobody had money to buy new clothes and the laundry was poor. And the people were gray because they had stayed there and they had aged. And the attitudes were gray because there was nothing to look forward to. And when you start painting that every, without telling why, but everything was gray, you're showing exactly what that town looks like, what those people are like without saying it. Uh, and I try to do that more and more. I don't, I, uh, somebody told me once it, it was better not to sp uh, spoon feed readers. And I agree with that. I, I let, let them, let readers figure out what's going on the same way I did. And that that's a perfect example right there. Let, let them find out as the author finds out what's going on. Um, let, let's jump over to another thing. People ask me all the time, do you plot or do you just sit and watch it develop? I, I do not plot at all until, until the last five chapters. And then I start really being intense on how I want it to end. And I'll give a one line, maybe two. Chapter 17 has this, 18 has this, 19 has this, 20 has this, and it builds up to 21. And you're, you know, and that's the only outlining I do. Uh, I know I'm like you, I sit down and whatever happens is going to be as a biggest surprise to me as it is to the reader uh, until I get to those last five chapters. And it's still a surprise then. I don't know what happens until the last sentence, but I have an idea of where it's going to go then but up until those last five no <laughs> I, i'm used i'm out there with a dowsing rod <laughs> you, you and i drive plotters crazy they just don't understand how that works but did you were talking about the gray town you've been to a place like that then you've seen something along those lines so it's not all made up out of whole cloth you you base some things on reality oh yeah i've uh i've driven around the outskirts of cut bank montana and Umatilla, Florida, and uh, some of those little towns uh, in Crossville, Tennessee, or Kuzawachi, Georgia, and you see those gray places, and um, they're where great stories come from. You may not want to live there, but you want to stay there for a few minutes. <laughs> you might want to have a pistol handy too. You <laughs> might want to, or a big stick. There you go. Yeah, sometimes that does come in handy. Well, now, <laughs> In, in addition to, to your gun hand series, you also have the Goliath series. Now, I know I'm taking the long way around to get to this new book, but I want, I want your, your, uh, your readers to understand how all this develops out because it just didn't come out of the blue. No, Goliath was as big a surprise to me as if, as if I woke up read, knowing how to read hieroglyphics. Uh, 
I got a call from a, from a guy at the publishing company said, can you write a creature book? I said, what the heck's a creature book? They said, scary book involving a creature, something in the woods, something in the attic, something in the ocean that scares you. I don't know. And they said, well, give it a try. So I thought about it for a couple of days and I called my, I said, I'll do it if I can do it the way I want to do it. And they said, sure, sure, go ahead. So I combined two of my very favorite things. And one was literature about the whaling industry in the early 1800s. I love those stories. And the other is Greek mythology. So I took a, a creature that was supposedly killed by Perseus and had been set loose to get rid of Cassiopeia and Andromeda. And instead of him dying, he actually didn't. He's still alive. And I let this whaling vessel run into it in 1836 um, near Senegal. And, and okay, now I got to figure out how to do a second book and a third book. And the further I got into it, the easier it got because I was adapting to writing in the language of New England 1836, which was a radical departure from anything I'd ever done. But it was it was so much fun. And it actually has astounded me at the popularity of that series. I, I didn't think I would sell 10 copies. And it's actually outperforming anything I've ever done. Isn't that a great feeling? And, and Raventail really works well with you, I understand. They they give you the as much rope as you need to either hang yourself or to throw a wide. <laughs> That's a good way of putting that. They, yeah, I imagine after I get done with meetings with them, they sit back and go, <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. Where's uh, from? They do. They don't they don't henpeck me to ideas and they're very open to anything I bring to the table. Um, and the same with their, their, their parent company, Dusty Saddle, who I write Westerns for. They're the same way. They're just as nice as they can be. And they're, um, they're open to, to things. Um, I didn't think there would ever be a second book in the Gabriel Ransom series. I, I didn't ever expect it because I wrote it four years ago and they looked at it, wanted it. So I gave it to them. They said, now write another one. <laughs> I said, I don't know how to write another one. Well, figure it out. So, all right. So I did, and I gave them another one. It came out, and I'm working on the third one right now. And it's uh, it's just a, it, it, it's just a blast when you're not having to decide whether you want to write or not because if it's worth it or not. When you've got somebody out there pulling for you. There you go. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. That leads us to the man in White Bull. So tell us, tell us where White Bull is and, and what happens in this book. White Bull, Utah. Uh, I hope there's not a place up there like that because I made it up. I don't want to offend anybody. White Bull, Utah is about uh, Gabriel Ransom getting hired to kill somebody because that's what he does. He's a killer for hire. And the man in white bull takes us from Tulsa, Oklahoma through Colorado into Utah and all the bad stuff that could happen along the way until he finally gets there. And the man he's supposed to kill is as far as East is from West of what he thought he was going to find. Um, 
it's the only time in his life he's ever turned down. I'm not doing this. And the guy says, yeah, you are. You agreed to it. You're going to do this. And, and, and you realize what kind of a person he is when you read the first half of the book, because he had already been on a job and the job had been set up by the man that was going to hire him for the second half of the book. I know it's confusing, but it was a test run. He knew he wanted to watch and observe. He wanted the right man to do this job. And uh, I think it's going to catch some people off guard. Um, well, I'm sure. Where did Gabriel come from in your mind? Did, did, did is there somebody you? I'm not saying you knew killers, but is there other characteristics of someone you knew? Um, he acts a lot like some people I've known. In a lot of ways, he acts a lot like I used to. Uh, I hope there's sometimes that I act like he is now, uh, because he shows a certain maturity. I hope I'm that good sometimes. Um, but he is a classic anti-hero. Uh, the same as in the Gunhand trilogy. I love the Clint Eastwood, good, the bad, and the ugly type character. Mm -hmm. I love the anti-hero. You know he's a bad guy, but you pull for him anyway. There you go. And and that's what I, I, I like writing. I don't know that I could write the Lone Ranger. I can write the bad guy helping, but I don't think I could write the Lone Ranger. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because right now I am working on my first traditional Western. And I can't write the Lone Ranger. I can't write Louis L'Amour. It's my style. It's my voice. And that's what that's that's what it takes. It, it, that's something that's hard for an author to learn is their voice. Do you have any idea where your voice came from? What influenced you? I, I, I well, you and I've talked about him before. Stephen King was a huge influence. Yeah. Um, learning how to write very descriptive and minimal words. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not Faulkner. I'm not going to do 1400 word sentences. I like short sentences that get to the point. <laughs> and so that's where it came from. But uh, I just like, and, and all these mountain stories that I grew up with, that grandpa and everybody would tell, I like dark, creepy stories that make you shiver. There you go. And, and you know what? You get people's attention like that and they, they keep coming back for more. So where can, where can we find your books? Or, or are you doing any signings or how, how, how do you get the word out? I, uh, I'm doing a lot of marketing on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. When I can slide it in under the curtain, I mention it on my podcast the, uh, and the book and the, and the plot thickens. But you can find all of my books on uh, Raventail's website, Raventail Publishing, or Dusty Saddle Publishing, or you can find them at Amazon. Can you see that? Yeah, there yeah, it is. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there it is. Always uh, challenged to get it in the frame, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's 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 like that's the reason I don't shave. I can't work backwards. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can find the the Gun Hand series on. Uh, Raventail, the Goliath series on Raventail, the Ransom, Gabriel Ransom series on Dusty Saddle. And I'm going to have two coming out by the end of this month on their third division of Magnolia Publishing, which is a romance division. I'm doing two straight up dramas. I don't even want to think about you in romance, okay? We're going to leave that right there, Jeff. They're not scary. They're not yeah, scary. That's, something, that's, that's horror right there. All right, folks. It's been a pleasure, Jeff, talking to you. I hope you all uh, order Jeff's books and, and, and immerse yourselves in his world because it's a wonderful place to be. Jeff, thanks so much. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Revis. It's, a, it's been a treat and an honor. It has been fun. 
We'll catch you down the road, son. Adios. You buddy. <laughs>